And welcome to the Training Camp Report. I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson and Mike Pursuta wrapping up, well, what was an entire week, guys? I know. How about that? Steelers padded practices. We saw them on the field again today, uh, Mike, uh, back at it today. And uh, one guy who wasn't back at it today was Terrell Edmonds and one of the other players, uh, (laughs) that being... uh, Brand new tight end Eric Ebron was giving him the business. Giving him the business for not being out there. He said, "Hey, we just had, we just had a day off. You're taking two days off. What's up with that? <laughs> What's up with that?" So, but uh, certainly, new uh, guy asserting himself. I like it. Yeah, the new, he's a vocal dude out there. Uh, another new guy to add to the injury list, though. Wide receiver Deontay Johnson did not mm. practice today, and that led us to the signing of Ray Ray McLeod. You have anything to add on that and, one, Mike? I mean, I, I thought he's just a return yeah, guy. Yeah, he? Uh, he is. Well, but they needed re- an extra return guy with yeah. Deontay Johnson on the sidelines. Right? Yeah, on the sidelines. He, he's a he's a little guy. He's a slot guy. No thoughts on he's the dear re- Ray Ray, Mike. He's a return guy. I don't think I'm, Mike's I'm, on there. Talking. You don't have your I'm earbuds in. <laughs> <laughs> We're chatting away over here. You're pay attention <laughs> when I'm talking, <laughs> to you, son. That, that boy's about as sharp <laughs> as a bowling ball. No, I say, I say you're Tomlin. doing a lot of chopping, boy, but there ain't no chips are flying. <laughs> Fortunately, I keep my feathers numbered for just such an emergency. All right. Yeah. Mike, nice of you Mike to join Tomlin us. Was, not Foghorn Leghorn, but Mike Tomlin was talking about uh, the safety, Curtis. Curtis Riley. Out. Yeah. Curtis Riley. A couple of big plays and, today. And uh, he was talking about the running back, Wendell Smallwood. He was asked about those guys specifically. That's why he was talking about them. He didn't pull them out of the air. Um, but he said, you try to add competition in a situation such as this. And then Mike Tomlin was subsequently asked about Ray Ray McLeod. Same thing. And he mentioned all three of those guys. He put them all in the same kind of class as having guys who have done it in the league. Now, the resumes of the safety and the running back are – a little more extensive than the resume of the wide receiver, McLeod. But McLeod has caught passes in the NFL, five of them. And he's returned a few kicks, and he's returned a few punts. And he's a little guy who can play in the slot and can return. Does that sound familiar? And might that be where the competition will ensue? We've discussed that situation. Was that yesterday? We had a nice long run. We did, we did talk about uh, Ryan Switzer quite a bit yesterday. I, I think this one was just yeah. more about... Um, being able to bring in a guy because Deontay Johnson was down. Um, yeah, but how long is he going to be down? You're going to bring a guy in because well, Deontay's going to miss two I, days or whatever. I, I mean, it was, it, I saw an ice pack on his calf, and yes. that is what uh, you know David DeCastro is dealing with mm-hmm. here. It, it looks like to be it looks to be a calf. I saw him stretching that out today. He wasn't back yet either, and right? he's still not back yet. So I mean, I think they may err on the side of caution here, and you know the dear Ray Ray. Um, could be, could be, on this team for until at least until they start cutting guys. Um, I, I don't know that. Or the, you, keep, or you keep him around, and you know maybe he's on the practice squad. And well, there's some potential for know. that too because you know they they 
they you know released one of the other wide receivers to uh, to make room for him. And my thinking is they keep six every year at the wide receiver position. That's that's pretty much been the norm. Sure. And then if you get that sixteen man uh, practice squad, maybe you keep two receivers on there. Well, they have eight receivers in camp. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. So maybe none of the receivers are getting right. released. I mean, not many people in camp are getting cut. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. You're only going to cut 11 guys anyways. You know, one of them is going to be a punter, so now you're only cutting 10 guys yeah. uh, with the rest of the roster. Mm-hmm. You're probably keeping all those wide receivers unless you see somebody out there like a Ray Ray. Yeah, somebody, like, you know, right. somebody who's got, you know, been there, done that kind of guy, as Mike Tomlin likes to say. And you maybe you felt like you needed another one of those uh, return guys because, quite frankly, I mean when they when they lined up, uh, you know, with uh, to do punt returns today, it was Ryan Switzer, it was the recently signed Ray Ray McLeod, and it was a uh, defensive back um, twenty six. Number twenty six. Yeah, twenty six. <laughs> I uh, who's not going to make this roster. So I mean, he's one know, of the ten too, huh? Yeah, he's probably you know the good chance he's one of your ten. So if you've only got three guys on the roster who can return kicks, mm-hmm. and one of them is now sidelined, you probably again well served to have another one of those, especially for the punt kickoff return. You, you can, can put anybody back. back. Right, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, Juju Smith Schuster did it. Right. right I'm right. pretty sure if they put Chase Claypool back there. And wouldn't that be something? I'm sure McFarland yeah. can do it, or McFarland can do it, or, right. or we've seen, you know, we've we've seen other, you know, other guys. They've got guys on the roster who can do that. But the punt returning, we talked about this yesterday, is a specific skill that you better oh, yeah. have, you yeah, better yeah. have more than one or two guys that can do it on your roster. And rarely do they just punt them into the cheap seats too. Right. You know, yeah. You're going to get chance to knee. Yeah. And right. Right. You're getting chance to. Re- In fact, they want to try to get you to catch the football because mm-hmm. oftentimes you don't catch the football if you're not very good at it. It makes sense. I mean, maybe I don't know a lot about McLeod to be honest with you, but do you think maybe they have in mind it's a good TV show in the seventies yeah. <laughs> that they sprinkle <laughs> him <sleeper>. in? <laughs> he gets any offensive snaps? I don't see. I don't see that. I mean, no. I haven't seen enough of him to know. I mean, yeah, quite yeah. frankly, I mean, he's got as Mike said, he's got five career catches, and he actually has a a lower career yards per catch average than Ryan Switzer. Hmm. Not last year's. <laughs> I actually he did. He didn't catch a single pass last year. No, but I mean, Switzer's average <laughs> per catch average. last year was, I believe, well, I believe he, he pretty much blew Tarski. Three point, yeah, three point four <laughs> yards, and they rounded it up to three point four. But so, that was still uh, more uh, than what Ray Ray Arms or Ray Ray McLeod did. He didn't have a single it, catch last year. Not an earth shattering move. It, no. it begs All the right. question: Is there somebody that can do better than that? Well, let, let's talk. Since you brought him up, Mike uh, Curtis Riley, uh, as I mentioned in the uh, earlier in the segment, uh, Terrell Evans. By the way, James. James Pierre is the elusive. James Pierre, that's the guy. Lucky Pierre. Not Rod. Not Rod <laughs> Woodson or Le'Veon Bell. Not one of those guys. Uh, but with Terrell Edmonds out today, they played Curtis Riley out there with Minka Fitzpatrick, and hmm. Curtis yes, Riley uh, he he had a play in in practice as I read this off the uh, practice report where he simply took the football away from Eric Ebron really? for an interception. And you know why? You away. know why I did that, Dale? Why is that? Because Kurt. Because Curtis Shore, the finest picker that ever played the blues. <laughs> you were saving that one, weren't you? Yeah, I was. He I also was. had. A, he also had when they were working on special teams plays. I don't know if you, you saw this one because uh, I know many of us often tune out when they when Danny Smith starts yelling. Uh, but they were practicing downing kicks inside the you know inside the twenty, and Claypool had just missed one downing one inside the twenty, 
or inside the inside the end, just kind of there's, there's snuck into the end zone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Riley came down, the ball bounced, and he 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 first he located the football, and it was bounding. It's hard to do. Yeah. It was bounding away from him towards the corner, and he came over and and dove and and kept it out of the end zone, hmm. and the ball was down to the one. It was a he heck scored of a play. some points. Yeah, I mean that, that's going to go a I long saw way. The play. Yeah. Are you sure that was him? Yes. I thought it was Justin Lane. No, I think it was Curtis Riley. I thought it's it was Curtis Riley on the, it's Curtis Riley on the practice report, Mike. That's all report. report. I know, I know. <laughs> I just, I, must be true. I'm questioning the validity of the otherwise stellar handy dandy practice report. <laughs> there uh, were at least two, there were at made... least two people in the media pool who were in agreement that it was Curtis Riley. Well, that must make like the internet. That must make it so. <laughs> it would be that uh, way <laughs> everywhere else on the internet tomorrow. I can tell you that. <laughs> it was a hell of a play, whoever made it. And they, that's what they're after in that drill is that kind of max effort. And uh, it got a reaction from uh, the people observing that drill. Uh, good day today. Uh, a lot of good stuff on that handy-dandy practice report. And uh, I kind of like the answer I got from Mike Tomlin uh, in the post-practice Zoom. Uh, you guys did not include this part on the handy-dandy practice report, but I can talk about this because Mike Tomlin did. There you go. Uh what what he called the uh, the feature drill of the day, open grass. Yes, and they were line, backs on backers running game where they were tossing the ball to a running back on a sweep, and the linebacker had to close, and it was one on one in space, and made the best man win. And uh, I asked Mike Tomlin about uh, repeatedly sending Devin Bush against James Connor hmm. in that drill. Now, my perspective, Dale, I'm sure you'll get this. Matt may or may not. Dale remembers, I have no doubt, the Mr. Plow episode of The Simpsons. Yes. Where That's Homer's driving home. Mr. Plow. He, he's driving home <laughs> through the snow, and he can't see, and bam, he rear-ends the car. And he looks to damage, and he says, well, I got him as good as he got me. And then he realizes <laughs> it was his own driveway, and he had plowed into Marge's car. And that led to a, don't! And, and I'm, I'm watching – Devin Bush go against James Conner, and I'm thinking, okay, this could not end well. But uh, Mike Mike Tomlin's uh, analysis of it, uh, he talked about how, yes, uh, they intend to be careful, and, uh, you know, they want to have practice etiquette and all that good stuff. But also, quote, there is risk playing tackle football. We play tackle football. We're thoughtful in the amount of it, but we will tackle. We will not apologize. And I thought that was just a tremendous answer. You know, those guys got to get ready. And uh, what better way? Uh, 55 against 30. And that was that was fun to watch. It was fun to watch it. I liked watching. Uh, I, I specifically wanted to see Anthony McFarland in that drill. Matt, Matt and I had talked about that, I think, last yeah. week. At some point, we had talked about he wanted get to see him maybe, right? in that particular drill. And he showed a little dead leg move there. Did he? Where he kind of just kind of came to a stutter stop and the, the backer froze. And then boom, just and turned it on. He was right yeah. around the corner, and it didn't lay a finger on him. I mean, I haven't yet seen him. Obviously, um, I'm hoping he looks different than any other back they have. You yeah, know, just from that regard. So he's not just a "I'm going to get it and go" guy. Right. right There's right, some right. wiggle there. Good. Uh, so I, 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 again, I'm I'm completely impressed with that kid. I, I like what I see. The the people who think he is a small back mm. um, need to see him in person. Uh, I was looking at him today next to some of the other Steeler backs, and I'm like. He's every bit the same size as those guys. I mean, he doesn't look like Smallwood or White or you know, no. He's a he's a he's got thigh. I mean, he's got a nice definition mm-hmm. to the thighs. Thick, thickly built. Yeah, uh, there's there's definitely something there that uh, you look at him and 
you know, he just uh, he has a nose to, to get yardage. Um, and even saw him, you know, kind of put his head down a couple of times and, you know, dig into the pile, whereas you don't necessarily always see the little guys try to do that. Yeah, I, I think he's got a chance to be pretty good. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the other things I liked about that segment of practice was um, if you're wondering how they're doing it at Heinz Field, you know, at St. Vincent, they have three fields. They almost never use one of them unless weather is bad. But they had uh, – they just kind of broke it up. It was the old Dean Smith four corners. You had, uh, you know, the backs going against the running backs over here, and then over there it was uh, offensive linemen against defensive linemen. And then on the other side, it's wide receivers, cornerbacks, and uh, still in another corner, tight ends and outside linebackers uh, going against one another. So it was uh, fast and furious. And, you know, they've been, uh, I, I haven't noticed Heinz Field being an issue. No, uh, nor, maybe nor I have I. Um, other than maybe, I, maybe I wouldn't if it was. If it was, but yeah. it seems like things are progressing. The only issue you know, is get... that when I'm sitting out in this in the stands, there's no there's no shade. No shade, I'm sure. In yeah. fact, I at one point when they broke down into a special team session, I snuck back to one of the edges of one of the tunnels because I wanted to get a little shade, and I got back there, and Wolf was standing back there as well. <laughs> Wolf not wearing oh, a hat. Yeah. Um, just a not a veteran move by him. You don't have a tent too. Yeah. Right. Okay. You don't you don't have access to cold drinks and Well we have access to cold drinks if I like, want to walk and go uh, get them, but there's no shade at St. Vinny's either. Yeah, but I don't oh, have to I don't have to go like, down right away right. to St. Vincent yeah, College. Yeah, I don't point. I don't here's the thing. I go down to the field at St. Vincent College when they're done with the stretch and all that stuff. When mm-hmm. they're breaking off into their individual position groups, that's when I go down to the field. So right, I'm on the field right. for maybe an hour and 15 minutes, maybe an hour and a half, not the entire two hours or two-plus hours, however long the practice lasts typically at St. Vincent College. I don't need to see them stretch. Sure. It's a veteran move by you. I'm, I'm usually down there a little earlier than that because I'm taking a bunch of pictures for Twitter. I don't know why. but Well, we're not allowed that, to do that, that today, Mike, as I found out when yeah. I, I took a photo <laughs> – of Mike Tomlin in his red as shirt. I, as I found out. And how did we find out, Dale? I was immediately chastised for posting said photo of Mike Tomlin in his red shirt uh, and told to take that down, which, again, I have no problem with. But, again, that's a, that's a different rule than what we were living under at uh, St. Vincent College. If yeah, Mike Tomlin comes of... out on the field with the, re- with the red shirt on, which uh, said cleaning ambassador on the back, um, I don't know if you could see that up from where you were at, but uh, oh, I could see it. Okay, it, 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 yeah, from my shaded, comfortable seat All with right. access yeah, keep, to keep cold drinks. Keep rubbing that in. Did, did you <laughs> yeah. have a nice, cool uh, beer or something up there as well? No, no, none of that. But uh, the water comes in handy. You know, uh, getting back to the going down on the field at St. Vincent thing, it gets hot down there, and it does. you're on your you're on your feet constantly. And I'm I'm either taking pictures in that early part or walking around, working the sideline, trying to talk to the guest of the day or whoever happened might happen to be around a visiting media guy. I mean, you're down there, uh, and then the post practice stuff. Normally uh, at St. Vincent, we don't get Mike Tomlin until at least a half an hour after it's over. So you're you're maybe down there two and a half hours in the in the heat of the day. Other than not having direct access to the players, this is way better. Yeah, I kind of. I mean, we can sit down, which is a plus. And so we're you know we're sitting in the stands watching all this happen. Uh, but yes, other than the, the the part about not being able to talk to the the access to the players is kind of <laughs> sure. the whole idea of all this stuff. Well, yeah, <laughs> there's that but, part. Right. And being able to report you know everything. Is kind of the other Another idea. Nice, yeah, that, nice little perk. Other yeah. than those two little minor details, this is better. Yeah, well, at least you got something to watch. <laughs> I'm, I'm digging the 
I'm digging the tent. I got to be honest with you. I am digging the tent. I'll bet you are. He is Mike Pursuta. I'm Dale Lolly. <laughs> you're listening. Uh, we're here with uh, Matt Williamson as well. Must left you out there, Matt. Yeah, this sorry. is the training camp report. I, much I got sunstroke from sitting out in the sun the entire time today. Um, <laughs> this is the training camp report on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about tomorrow night's practice. This is uh, this, this practice being held at night for a bit of a reason. We'll talk about that reason right after this. Sing it, Mike. No. <laughs> this is the training camp report here on Steelers Nation. This is not Radio. how I do it, Neil. <laughs> I know how you do it. How about this one? I'm sitting at home last night, Mike, and we're talking with Mike Pursuta here with Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lolly here on the training camp report. I'm at home last night, and you know how on Facebook something will pop up, uh, you know, one year ago today, five yeah, years yeah. ago today, all that Memories stuff. or whatever, right. So... I look and so the thing that popped up on my on my timeline one year ago last night there was video of a concert that you and I attended last summer Angry on, Pirate Music It was an Angry Pirate Music night <laughs> Oh nice Angry Pirate Music Yeah <laughs> Flogging Molly on stage Mike Pursuit and I in the house I had to sit. And camp had broke to, at that point, right? Uh, yeah, we had just finished up um, camp. Yeah, we had just yeah. gone home, and uh, yeah, it was uh, a little tear in my eye. I don't know who knows <laughs> when we'll get the chance to do. We did, we did that two years uh, in a row. We saw Flogging yeah. Molly at Stage AE, and it might be a while before we get ch- a chance to see another one like that. Was that uh, who was with them last year? Social Distortion. That's it. Yes, which was really good live. A band that. I had never seen live, and if I hear their stuff on the radio, I'm like, ah, okay, I'll listen to this for a little while. Uh, nothing that I seek out necessarily, right. and boy were they, boy were they great live. Yeah, they brought not it. as great, not as great as Dropkick Murphys and Flog and Molly on the same bill. I vaguely recall that show. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you remember more than uh, the great Adam Crowley, I can tell you that. Uh, all I remember is him being carried away in the top of, by an angry mob at one point. Um, that was about it. But that, no, those are great body, shows. He was body surfing. He was yeah. body surfing. Yeah, was, <laughs> he, he dove off the top uh, top turnbuckle and uh, thankfully, away. thankfully, only weighs 120 pounds, so he did not fall to the ground like somebody else that we know. But uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that happened. That has happened. Uh, the crowd parted. Cincinnati's and a tough town. Boy. Said person hit the ground. <laughs> Hey, Mike, how many push-ups do you think uh, Wes can do in 90 seconds? Two minutes. In Two 90 minutes. seconds? 120 seconds. 120 seconds. How many push-ups do you think he uh, could do? I'm guessing it says 64 on Twitter. So. Oh, wow. He put it on Twitter. Jeez Louise. Bragger. Bragger, hey, that, right. That's, pretty, no, there, that's there a pretty be, impressive <laughs> number. There had to be, there's a video. I had. To, I can't just tell people how many I did. you got to back no, it up with the video. Too. Yeah, the full two-minute video is That could be doctored. There. I think we need proof now that that can be done. Oh, I'm jealous. I'm, I'm looking at West sitting that over jello, here with his the baby arms. The jello doesn't arms. go back in the box, Dale. 
<laughs> anyway, number pretty good. Mike, uh, night practice tomorrow for the Steelers, and there's a reason for that. Uh, they're going to be going on from uh, six to eight. We can hear yourself and Craig Wolfley uh, throughout the show or throughout the practice uh, on DVE, I believe. Right? That's the DVE show. That's the reason. There you go. Uh, but the reason that uh, Mike Tomlin holding that night practice is because that would have been the Steelers' third hmm. preseason game time. Do you think there's well, a they... chance they make it scrimmage-ish? A little more live action? I'm, yeah. I'm thinking that might be the case because, again, I, you know, you would have done a lot of, you know, this would have been the, the preseason game, preseason game number three mm-hmm. that – that uh, you know the, the the starters would go out and get the most playing time, and then you kind of start winding things down for them ready for, game, for the rest of camp. Week. And I, I'm I'm thinking maybe they do a little bit more of that. I think you know we're going to see some more. We saw a lot of um, competition periods today, as you made note of uh, earlier, Mike. With the you know the guys split up in four different areas. Um, I think we see another heavy competition uh, night tomorrow to kind of simulate what would have been that third preseason game. Yeah, I think more of that than uh, the scrimmage stuff. Although I had I had heard some rumblings, but uh, I don't think that's going to come to pass. But, Not a full fledged uh, scrimmage, but they do a lot of that stuff, anyways. You know, third yeah. downs and you know two minute offense and that kind of stuff. Certainly, Mike Tomlin had set the table after backs on backers number one and said he was more looking forward to backs on backers number two, which I'm guessing could so, be uh, tomorrow night. That makes some sense, yeah, maybe right? A- in in a stadium with the lights on, is that what he likes to find out? I believe that is uh, one of the one of the things that he does talk about. You know that uh, you do yeah. this in stadiums with the lights on, and see who uh, who steps up and does it. And again, as he mentioned earlier, uh, you know the first one's just kind of okay, get your feet wet. Um, now I want to see what Anthony McFarland does. Sure. In the second time around, you now see some improvement. Now right, that right. he's got, you know, he's okay. Now you know what this drill is. I mean, you, you could talk about a drill like that. But oh, right, until right, you right. actually see, you know, you're, you've actually gone through it. You're like, oh, this is, you know, this, this is real. This is real, right? I mean, you're and you're exposed for all to see. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a there's nowhere to hide. Every eye yeah. is there, is looking at you, and you get embarrassed when you lose. Yes, you do. It's kind of <laughs> like the first time. You, it's kind of like the first time you take the SAT, and then the second one's the one you send out to the colleges. <laughs> <laughs> I only you took it once. That, right? I I I, dis- I I took it once. I took it twice. Completely. I took it once. I probably should have taken the it score, again. Yeah. And my old man said, you're taking this again. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did much better, do better the second time around, kid. too. Yeah. yeah. I, did, I probably could have got into Michigan State on the first one, but I think it was just a pride thing for my dad. Well, know? anybody can get into Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's not right. like it's That's, Michigan. That would, well. <laughs> All right, here we go. You guys yeah. did this yesterday. You're going to do it again. Is this going to be a theme? <laughs> If I, hear, if I ever hear Euler playing Hail to the Victors coming out of a break, there's going to be a problem. <laughs> and Justin Lane was the one going down making that great play. Where, That's right. Where did he come from? Michigan State. He came from East Lansing, baby. <laughs> Beast Lansing, the no-fly zone. Uh, any other impressions of uh, from practice today, Mike? Uh, you know, I think that uh, um, it's been interesting to me that we've seen – and he, he does this a lot, but I think Mike Tomlin's really – been keeping a close eye on the tight end blocking drills a lot this year. <laughs> like this has been a point of emphasis where every day when they're hitting the blocking sled, he's over there. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's done that does that from time to time, but he's taking a, a very, very close keeping a very close eye on on that and particularly number eighty five uh, Eric Ebron. I was gonna he's, say, yeah. yeah. I think there's one reason for that. And okay. that is to, <laughs> to let number eighty five know that 
I don't know what you did in Detroit, and I don't know what you did in Indianapolis. Actually, I think he knows what he didn't is, do. But this is how we do <laughs> this it. This is how we you do know, it, yeah. Crank, crank up the tune. Uh, Probably yeah, but feels I, pretty good about Vans, but yeah. I'd, I'd say that guy's been uh, – you, you can't not notice him. Ebron you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I bet he moves really you, well. You, you hear him, you see him, and, uh, you know, some of the numbers that he's put up, I get it. Uh, although, uh, Dale, I think you made mention in the handy-dandy practice report that he kind of had the ball stripped away from him on that one pick. He did, yes. Yeah. Yeah, th- this, w- this was not his best ball security day. It was not, no. There was another play uh, uh, I'm going to reference. I'm not going to say who knocked the ball away from him, but the, they did knock the ball away from him, much to the uh, happiness of uh, the defense on said play. I mean, there's that, a lot to work with there, but attention to detail, consistency, and he's never going to be Mark Bruner as a blocker. I mean, that's what people have been frustrated with him for. But uh, but you see why he was a top 10 draft yeah, I'm pick. Sure. I mean, yeah, the, I'm the sure. physical yeah. tools are there. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's like he's, you know, he's a six foot four, you know, four 250 pound wide receiver. I mean, he could really can, run. You can split right. him out and he's going to be a problem for people. Mm-hmm. Um, he just needs to, uh, Again, I think work on some of those finer details. Right. You know, the, hey, you, you need to fire out and block these guys. In fact, as, uh, uh, as Mike Tomlin said today to Keith Butler, uh, let's sick uh, 56 on him, which is uh, Alex Highsmith. This is a one on one run blocking drill with the, with, tight ends, with the tight ends and linebackers for some run blocking. We won't give him 90 or 48 just yet. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> a so challenging him a little bit. Yeah, right, I mean, right. you know, and you're challenging, you know, you're challenging Alex Highsmith as well. Like, right, okay, right. this guy's, you know, it's established NFL. This guy's tight a Pro end. Bowl right, right, right. tight end. Right. Uh, now, is he a great blocker? No, but you should be able to beat this guy if you're mm-hmm. if you're an outside linebacker in the league. You should be able to beat a tight end on on you know more than 50 percent of the time. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Put, if they ever put T.J. Watt against Ebron, oh my God, they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to start calling Ebron Ludwig because he's gonna get beat like a drum. <laughs> but that, that's what T.J. Watt does. So yeah, I think that's a good idea to you know let's ease into it with the, uh, the hey, new approach for Eric Ebron. Bud's no slouch either against the run. I mean, that's a big, strong man. That uh, I bet he'd go right up the middle. I think of would him. would right. ragdoll Eric Ebron a little bit. In fact, I you know I'd have to look back at tape. They did play the Colts last year, and they've played against Eric Ebron in the past. If they had Eric Ebron try to block one of those guys, I'm sure it didn't end well. No, I would think. I'm, guess, I'm guessing they didn't. They, I'm, I'm, guessing I'm guessing they did they not did. as well. Uh, but the Steelers, it seems, plan on using him, or at least trying to use him as a blocker. But to your other point about what uh, got my attention today, and this isn't necessarily from practice, but the pre-practice stuff I thought was really good. Uh, the zooms with Devin Bush, Sean Surrett. Yeah, and um, Matt Filer. And the two things that really jumped out, I guess we can get to Devin Bush next segment, but I want to hit the tackles a little bit here. Um, Matt Filer was talking, he was asked about, you know, the Bloomsburg to Pittsburgh thing. And I don't know that I ever heard him describe it this way. He said it wasn't until his junior year when when his old line coach said, hey, I just want to let you know that some people are coming to watch you play and you might want to keep Keep doing what you're doing because you're on the right track. And he's like, what? Huh. You know, yeah, he had he never told me really that in the past, actually. Um, I think he last never year. thought of himself on an NFL track, you know. And you yeah, know, I mean, you're a D2 guy. Why guys, would you? You know, yeah, but some of them say, oh, I'll, I'll prove them wrong. I'll get there, you know, whatever. And, and in his senior year, more scouts showed up. And even when he was, you know, going into the draft process, he wasn't sure he was 
that guy, you know, but uh, it ended up working out for him. And now he's they could play him at right tackle. They love it. They could play him at left guard, and they love it. And and the other thing was Sean Surrett talking about the uh, competition at uh, right tackle between Zach Banner and um, Chukwuma Okorafor. And uh, I don't know if Sean did this unintentionally or not, but Dale, you know the uh, the old John Woodenism, be quick but don't hurry? Yes. Well, Sean Surratt came up with in terms of determining a winner of that battle. The evaluation has to be fast, but I'm not in a hurry. And Surratt went on to say that this could last into the week of preparation for the first game against the New York football Giants. And our colleague Craig Wolfley, uh, I did the wrap-up show with him on the stream on Steelers.com, the wrap-up from practice, and he said he wouldn't be surprised if it goes on past the first game. Uh, against the New York football Giants. In other words, whoever wins that, you better play well because the other guy would be breathing down your neck. Well, there's no reason to tell the Giants who your right tackle is going to be either. Well, that and, – and I think both guys are performing pretty well at training camp, and I don't right. know that there's necessarily – you know, it may be a situation where, hey, you know, this guy – we're going to start with this guy, but they both did so well in camp that – We like them both. Yeah, we like them yeah. both at this point. I thought it was also telling, Mike, I, I think you asked a question – uh, regarding what they did last year against the Rams. And Sean Surrett said, we were going into that game week and we were playing the Rams and they had one of the best interior linemen in the league in Aaron Donald. I thought to myself, my job is to put the best five out there. That week, that was the best five. I'll commend Filer. I actually called him Anchor, but I, ch- I changed it to Filer. Uh, <laughs> he had a bunch of situations where he was one-on-one with that guy and he performed well. Well, the thing that, that he didn't say was the other guy that they put in the starting lineup that was his best five that week was a quarter for it, right tackle. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which I thought and was kind of telling. Now, that game they did not have Foster, but they had Finney, correct? They had Finney available, and they chose. They had started yeah, Finney right. the previous week against the Colts and decided to go with Filer at left guard. And yes, because Ramon missed the, yeah. the two games in a row. And instead of just rolling with it and, and you know, next man up, no, this time they, they had a hole – so they changed two things to fix one, and it worked. Yeah, and the other except, the, except I got I, I, I do have to tell you that on the second episode of Hard Knocks, there's a lot of Aaron Donald, and uh, one of the clips is uh, Matt Filer going ass over tea kettle. Yeah, that's, yeah. he looks pretty good. He'll yeah. do that. He'll that's do that what, on yeah. occasion. That's yeah. what Aaron Donald does. But yeah. I just the the transformation <laughs> of Filer from you know long shot from Bloomsburg to a guy who made it to the NFL to a guy who is rapidly becoming one of the best offensive linemen on a team with a pretty good offensive line. This is – I mean, he didn't just stop when he got to the league. You know what I mean? He is – He's definitely he's improving, going. right. And Adam was asking me about him today. I've always thought that guard was his more natural position, and he was really good at right tackle. But I think that right tackle experience is going to really help him in protection. I mean, there, not everyone has Aaron Donald, but everyone has somebody that's nasty right. or a DN that kicks inside nowadays. I mean, you see a lot of those NASCAR packages. And his ability to function in space and protection, I think, is really going to serve him well at guard. Yeah, and I, I, I think— what's, what's a NASCAR package? Remember when the Giants kicked in Justin Tuck and they had basically played with three three defensive ends for speed? Depends on, you know, you've got, you got the guys coming Brady. inside to play a three technique as opposed to playing a five technique on the outside. Exactly, yeah. but, 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 how, Right. Uh, how does that apply to NASCAR? They all make left turns or what? They're <laughs> fast. You're putting a bunch okay. of speed guys on the field to, to get after the quarterback, and it doesn't really matter where they're coming from, I think is the point. Okay. Uh, but, 
you know, I I, I think the, uh, the the thing You're is rolling your with, eyes over there with with Filer, um, you know, the thing <laughs> that you immediately notice about like you saw. Uh, like DeCastro standing on the sidelines today. Again, he didn't practice. And you saw Mac, uh, Kevin Dotson. Well, no, I don't want to call him Max Dotson. Kevin Dotson hmm. playing on the, standing on the sidelines. And they're basically the similar size guys. And then you see Filer, who's you know six five and every bit of like three twenty, uh, and just a big, like there's no there's no fat on the dude. He's just a big big strong. Big, yeah, 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 yeah. Big anchors. They call anchors him anchor dude. for a reason. He's built like an anchor. Um, it's funny more to me those guys. This year than ever. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny those big guys. I mean, a lot of them are listed, or even at the combine, are very similar heights and weights and look nothing at all like each other. He doesn't look like the he other doesn't guys. look like the rest. Yeah, right? in terms of body type. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you see Villanueva for example, and he's like, wow, that's. I he mean, he out, he yeah. stands out among big men. You know, sure. Um, I remember Flozo Adams was right. way he's, bigger than whatever he stands he out. Of, those guys, yeah, right. those tall guys, stand out among big men. Yeah. Filer stands Flo's out in terms of his hotel, his body Where'd type. He, go to school? Uh, he didn't. He never went to school. <laughs> right. yeah, nobody goes to school there. <laughs> he didn't have to go to school. Um, but you see Filer, and he looks different in terms of his physique than a lot of other linemen. Like, that's more like a weightlifter. He looks like a bodybuilder. Right, that's, right, that's right. kind of what he looks like. No belly. He's a big right. guy. And uh, he talked today, Filer did, about if he had to move back to tackle, he could do that seamlessly, even though he's not working it anymore. And uh, Wolfley seconded that notion. Uh, although Filer expressed complete confidence in uh, a core four and banner. But uh, another little nugget from Sean Surrett, and uh, this kind of ties in with uh, all the questions we've been getting about Kevin Dotson because people were so enamored with him. We talked about that this week. Uh, Surrett said that, uh, or implied at least, that had this been a normal offseason with all the OTAs and minicamps and the like, Kevin Dotson would have had a shot to start. Wow. That, that blows and me away. He would have at least gotten some work there, you know, okay. and, and see what they have, but as it is. He'd have got a look. Yeah. He, he would have got a look, I think, is how uh, uh, Sean Surrett, uh, I don't have the printout in front of me, but. Uh, would you take that as you know, if they played four preseason games, he'd get a little bit of run with the ones? Sure. Okay. Yes, yeah, I okay. did. Okay. Um, but you know, I think it. There, the the buzz about Dotson's legit. I mean, but I think the fans uh, have to temper it a little bit and kind of put them on the back burner, uh, particularly now with the you know the lack of uh, reps and time and all that good stuff. But uh, they got they to our conversation yesterday. They are deep. Real quick, Mike. I know we're running out of time. If I had to. If you had to bet left to right what their 2021 starting offensive line would look like, what would you say? Uh, I would say that 78 would not be a part of it. Mm -hmm. I would say that 53 and 66 would be right where they usually are. Yeah. Let's go 72, 71, 53, 66, 76. That sounds about right to me as well. Yeah, yeah. Going from left to right. You got Banner. You got – Filer. Filer, Pouncey, yeah, the DeCastro. Do people Castro. know the numbers? If you're listening to this show, you know the numbers, yeah. right? I just couldn't keep up with your numbers there. But I, and, and then a core four, right, right. core four at right tackle. Um, and Dotson floating around. Dotson being right. your top backup at guard then. And Wiz signed a two-year deal, didn't he? Wisniewski signed for another year, so okay. then he's your backup center as well. Um, yeah, Which I mean, is a good guy to have, man, and he's going to play. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, he's, he'll, he'll, he'll see some playing time this year. There's no doubt about that. In fact, Marquise Pouncey was not there today again, uh, second time this week uh, that he has been excused from practice. Uh, no uh, word on exactly what that is, but obviously something 
uh, of a personal issue for him. Uh, but we're going to take a break. Uh, he is. My- well, you know what? I found I, I found a Sean Sarek quote. Let me get that in here real okay. quick because this is exactly what he said. I lost whatever many practices where I couldn't see guys, maybe even anchor at right, Dotson at left guard, and so forth. It's just one of those deals where the time got cut. So that that it's implied promising. to me that they were really thinking about getting Dotson in the mix sooner rather than later, and you know, the pandemic changed it. Pandemic changed a lot. It sure did. It sure did as well. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing this show, actually. Uh, typically, we would be right. doing these shows at a uh, an, an establishment Water of some type, either a restaurant or drinking establishment in La Trobe. We are not. We are here uh, doing these shows in Pittsburgh. I'm Dale Lolly. He is Mike Pursuta. That's Matt Williamson. This is the Training Camp Report on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back, finish up our part of the show with Mike right after this. I feel like I'm stuck in a cheesy movie right now. Like, <laughs> 80s montage. Where's Molly Ringwald when you need her? With, uh, Mike Pursuta, <laughs> Matt Williamson. You're listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. Our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, uh, Mike, we've now seen essentially a week's worth of practices. Uh, between the two of us, we've seen, what, five or six, whatever it is, padded practices. Um, what, uh, what, um, anybody, your five standouts for the week, who you got as, as guys that, that have caught your eye during this week of practices? Yeah. Now just to, for the context, from my perspective, I was there every day. They had one you off were, day, yes. three padded practices, one non-padded practice. I took Ben Roethlisberger out of the, out of the equation because obviously everybody's you know, riveted on mm-hmm. Ben and what he looks like, and there's been enough said about that. And we've heard from, we've heard about Ben from all angles. So uh, we'll we'll put him off to the side for a minute. Uh, and these guys that I'm going to name for you, it's not in order one to five. Just I just picked five because that's the number you always have to use when you make a list like this. I learned that at the Tribune Review. That's um, pick <laughs> pick five keys. What if there's four? What if there's seven? No, pick five. five. So, you got to have five. They drilled that into me. So in no particular order, the guys that just kept catching my eye, uh, Ulysses Gilbert III, Devin Bush, TJ Watt, Eric Ebron, and Chase Claypool with uh, Anthony McFarland just just missing. Hmm. Yeah, he was going to be on, on my list as uh, if, if I picked six guys, he would have been number six. But, but as I allowed, mentioned, yeah. you're not allowed to pick more than five. Well, I'm going to add him to my list. I'll put him on my list. Uh, and there was a play, and I can mention this play because it was talked about on said pool report from today, where he caught a a, a screen from uh, Mason Rudolph. And first of all, Rudolph barely got the ball off, but but he played it well lobbed it over the defense. McFarlane caught the ball. There's yeah. no way he could have seen it because there was a defensive lineman mm. in the way. But he caught the ball, cut all the way back across across the field, and like just went. 
Right. It was just like, boom, oh, my goodness. Like, the, they even had a back with that kind of gear. The lateral motion, and then all of a sudden the explosion. It was like, okay, he just got like 20 yards on nothing. That's encouraging. Yeah. yeah. Right. Green grass wow. and high tides, man. There was there was nobody there. Yeah, it was and, it was uh, impressive. Um, yeah, he, That guy can go. Uh, and I've been very impressed with him. I've been very impressed with Claypool, what I've seen of him. Um, that kid's going to be uh, a star. Um, in fact, you know, I think there's there's definitely something there that, mm-hmm. man, I I didn't know I I didn't see that watching the the tape of him in the pre-draft process. I'm like, he, he's an impressive athlete. I mean, you you watch what you watch all those wide receivers one after the other, right, right, and it kind of gets okay, uh, you know. And a lot of them are really good. And a lot of them were really good in this <laughs> right, year's right. draft. Um, and you didn't necessarily see the speed, or you know, the, you saw some of the jump ball stuff at Notre Dame, and their quarterback situation wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. Um, you're seeing him now with a better quarterback situation, and it's like, okay, this kid's pretty special. I would think with his attributes in particular, seeing, being close to him, seeing him in person, is a little jaw dropping. Yeah, bingo. That right. that's I was. You took the words right out of my mouth, Matt. I mean, you read the height and weight and the 40 time and mm-hmm. the, the statistics and you get a mental picture, you know, and watching a guy on TV, you understand a little bit about how he compares physically, but to then see, him, see him, in him in the pads. standing next to Eric Ebron and they're the same they are, size. Are they about the same size? I was <laughs> just, about to ask that, yeah. Just running in a drill, you know, it's like, wow, look at that guy. I mean, and then he – it's been noted in the practice reports how he goes up and gets the ball and catches the back shoulders. Way more polished than Plexico. Oh, um, yeah. For, my God, for, yes. For two guys that were about, to, you know, trying to give people a little idea. Um, two guys are about the same height, weight, and speed. Um, and they, they played a different game, uh, you know, coming from college to here. Yeah, and, and, you know, Burris was the eighth overall pick in, in 2000. And this guy was the 49th mm-hmm. pick in the draft. I mean, that's... Claypool would run right past him, though, wouldn't he? Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, yeah Plex was, like, Plex no, was no, the 4-5 no, right. guy. Was he? I don't remember him being fast. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I, I looked it up. up. I looked it up fast. on them. They, they, he was a 4-5-ish guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, was not, he wasn't slow. He wasn't slow. There's no. I mean, most of those big tall, you know, most of the 6-5 guys, you're talking like 4-6 is a good time for them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, Plex was faster right, than I mean, yeah. Four one doesn't run right by four five, right? I mean, you got to no. lean at the tape to win that, right? Uh, uh, right. You're, you're, I, I hear what you're saying. Right. I mean, to say you would run right by Plexico probably wasn't Plexico probably isn't right. But I mean, I my recollection of Burris is Claypool wins a race every time with him. Yes, and Claypool also looks smoother. Plex was kind of herky jerky. Yeah, he's I mean, just he's, he I mean, a, he's, he's, he's more powerful too, right? Yeah, well, oh god, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like yeah. Yeah, he's he's put together. Yeah. Um but no, yeah, he's, he was wearing the right he was wearing the right color of green. That's why. <laughs> uh I'm in, I'm in, I've been impressed with the two young tackles at right tackle, Mike. Uh, I think that there's something there. I, I don't think that they're hoping that they got the right tackle position covered. You think they got two good ones? I in, think they've got right. a pretty good idea that hey, I think if 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 you know, if one of these guys wins this job, it's going to be one and one A. To, to your, you know, I think yeah. that that's a situation where I think they they feel pretty good about both of those guys moving forward in the future. That both of them have a future. To your point of what about what you think the offensive line is going to look like uh, down the road? Yeah. I, I think that's a legitimate point that both of those guys I think are NFL tackles starters. Yeah, we, yeah. We got them. We all have them both starting a year from now, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I mean, that's again, you, you talk about that offensive line. 
um, and you, you know, worry about the depth in the future. You know, how long can they keep doing this? Munchak's gone. They just seem to keep doing it. Keep they finding keep finding it. these guys, uh, and it's it's impressive. And then I well, know, and it's the time element, right? It's not. It, I mean, Munchak was a great coach, but they're not drafting these guys and sticking them in right away. Right, you're, you're they're, all, they're all. I mean, they're projects, and they they teach them, and they condition them, and coach them, and then all of a sudden, you know, we often there's talk a, about there's a, a player you, there. It's 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 a terrible place to be in the NFL whenever you need to find a starter in the offseason, especially a tackle, but anyone where in the offensive line. And they've been, because of their pipeline and their development, they haven't been like, oh, no, we have to find a left tackle right now. you know. And it sounds like if Banner and Chooks are both in the long-term plans, and then, and then you've, added, you know, you've right. added Dotson to the equation as right. well. And all of a sudden you've got – all of a sudden, you've got three young linemen ready to step in mm-hmm. for an, an offensive line where you're looking at this going, okay, well, these guys are all getting on the wrong side of 30, and they very quietly, without using a first-round draft pick or a second-round draft pick on any of these guys, exactly, kind of replenish the position. And then maybe the next draft you use a third- or fourth-round pick like you did with Chooks. You know, at a, at a tackle or yeah. a center, you yeah. know, and just let them sit and, you know, with a high-ceiling guy. Yeah, it's, it's That been... does disappoint me a little bit, though, because it's always been first-rounder or free agent. They're actually finding some third rounders and some fourth rounders, and mm-hmm. you know. yeah, I mean, you, I don't think you can count on that free agent market stay, staying that way forever. I mean, that's that's like well, finding got a lot a, of mileage out of it, haven't that's they? That's like finding twenty dollar bills on the street. You know, <laughs> right. it just doesn't happen all the time. It's nice <laughs> yeah. when you have when it does happen, you're, and you're always start looking. Then, like, hey, I found a twenty dollar bill in that gutter every time you walk past that part in the street. Right there is where I found a twenty dollar bill. Yeah, you know, every time. Hey, yeah, did I mention I found a twenty dollar <laughs> bill there? But it's just not going to happen every time. But, I mean, they pl- Pluck and Banner really was a nice find, too. Well, I mean, Filer yeah. was the same way, though. Houston mm-hmm. cut him. He was on Houston's practice squad his rookie year, and they they let him go. Yeah. I mean, how, you know, and they don't have a great offensive line. No, they could have yeah. certainly used in the last couple of years. But, uh, they but just they're both different physically, right? I mean, they had, for whatever reason, their previous organizations either didn't have the time or wouldn't commit the time. To developing these guys, yeah, and that's I mean, a they're, that's they're, a big mistake that a lot of teams they're make. They're different guys now, so they can do different things. Yeah, right. I, I think I, and I think that's a mistake a lot of teams make is that they don't they don't take the time to develop these young offensive linemen. It's like okay, we're gonna we're gonna grab him and, and and plug him in because we have to. The Steelers haven't been in that situation where they've had to play those guys, so they have some time to allow that you know take a guy. Get him on a weight program, see what you can turn him into, as opposed to okay, we got to take him, and all of a sudden he's now our starting left guard, like Fred Johnson last year yeah. goes to the Bengals, and you're and starting. He's starting in you know in week seventeen for them. That, that's just he wasn't going to play a down for the Steelers last year. Yeah, you get in that position yeah. where you need to find a starting offensive lineman. It almost always goes wrong, or yeah. you overpay, that's and, and then and then like the that. kid's getting his butt kicked on a weekly basis, and and you know mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're like you're, you're completely soured on him because well he he showed he he's can't no play. Go find another one. Yeah, or he loses his confidence, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's just spirals. like young quarterbacks. You throw a young quarterback yeah. in there, and he loses his confidence. He's a first round draft pick, but he shouldn't have been playing. You get no business being out there. Yeah, right. No, it definitely happens. I, I think one of the other guys, and I, I've watched him closely as well, Mike. Um, it, it's it, it. You didn't mention this guy, but it's good to see Stephon Tuitt out there running around again and doing oh, Stephon Tuitt. Absolutely, yeah. But I haven't seen like Watt is. Oh, watch! Watch it! Watch it! Stood yeah, out, but I was watching too at the first yeah. day on some of the inside run stuff, and and uh, he's every bit as explosive as he's always he looks been. Fine, huh? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure he's only given like you know 75, 80 percent effort 
uh, on this, but he was still getting into the backfield hmm. uh, when he wanted to go. It'd be a very welcome addition to a great defense. Yeah, I mean their their run stopping ability. Um, now I realize when they're working on this these inside run drills and stuff, they know the offense is going to run the football. And they probably eighty percent of the time, the high percentage, so right. they're just going. Hey, we're going. We're, everybody go to the backfield. They're getting in the backfield. <laughs> <laughs> they're so hard to block. Yeah. That's still very hard. To, like when they know what's coming, you're not blocking them. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just. But I'm happening. guessing part of I'm guessing part of that too is they know they got to be better there. Yeah, as good as they were on defense last year, the run was a problem at times, and that's I that's see the that last a point of emphasis. Step. Yeah, you know they were hard to score against. They took the ball away. They sacked the quarterback. But sometimes you could really run on them. And if they take that away, now you're talking top three, top top whatever, best defense in the league, can can win games all by its lonesome type of defense. Oh, I agree. Uh, I'm on record. And I, our, our friend Tim Benz kind of – I said this on Madden the other day after we talked about it on our show last week uh, with our projections or our predictions for the season. I said mm-hmm. the Steelers are going to get 65 sacks this year. Wow. And Benzie was like, "How you? How do you figure that? How do they get more?" I'm like, "They're gonna a. They're gonna play with more leads. That's huge, and that's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, be, and be, you know, because they've got Roethlisberger there, they're gonna get some leads late in games, which oh, they yeah. didn't have last year. And I said, "Look at that Arizona game where they finished it off. And they knew they the yeah. Cardinals had to throw. They knew right. the Cardinals were in a throwing situation. And four yeah. straight plays, they just stormed the castle. Mm-hmm. Well, they can do that all the time. This this team has, and they've got guys up front who can win one on ones. Oh, by far, like." And with, they still blitz a lot. With two at back, you you can't double everybody up there. No. I mean, it's Bud's never going to get extra attention. It's just impossible. Right. You just can't do it. Those four coming at you is nasty. Formidable. Yeah. Right. And Formidable. Vince Williams blitzing on a delayed blitz or something, too. I mean, yeah. yeah. It could Boys be. Get better at that. Could be nasty. But uh, we're going to let you go, Mike. Hope you enjoy the weekend. I'll see you maybe tomorrow night over at Heinz uh, Field. I'll be there for that one as well. I'll be the guy comfortably under the tent. I'll be uh, enjoying <laughs> some uh, 6 o'clock uh, evening shade myself. The uh, sun will not be beating down on us from above. We'll be sitting in the yellow seats, um, and they won't be uh, cooking my yeah. behind. as they. That's a good <laughs> place for you guys, the yellow seats. Yeah, That's the pool or the uh, pond, you know. <laughs> Yeah, anything's good. <laughs> hey, good week, fellas. Let's do it again next week. Let's do that. Sounds like a plan. He is Mike Pursuta. That's Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You are listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. Matt and I will be back in the next hour to finish up wrapping up the week right after this. Monday morning feels so bad. Everybody seems to nag me Coming Tuesday I feel better Even my old man looks good Wednesday just don't go Thursday goes too slow I've got Friday on my mind Welcome back, I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson and uh Matt, uh, we as we do uh, the second half of the show here to start the first hour or the second hour every every day, kind of go over the injury news from around the league. Yeah, stuff that's happening. Lots of good stuff. or lots of stuff that's happening around the league. Jared Stidham. I didn't hear that. Looks one. like he's out several weeks. Oh, really? Like I think it's a hip flexor. Uh, I would say that probably ends any hopes of Jared Stidham starting I'm, for the Patriots. I'm not glad he got hurt, but I, I wanted to talk about that anyway. Some Does point offer this some week. clarity in the situation? There's these blurbs going around that. Bill Belichick might rotate his quarterbacks. And do you know how hard that would be? I mean, 
Cam Newton offense is going to be way different <laughs> than the Stidham Hoyer yeah, offense. Belichick's smart, but he's not that smart. Uh, right. And you're going to try to install two offenses, two schemes, and one of them's brand new. With three practices. And three practices. Yeah. You've had 12 padded practices, and you're going to get three practices a week. To right. Get, it's not happening. He knows who his starting quarterback is, and they're practicing that extensively. He's just not going to tell their week one opponent. That's just that's reporters being dumb. Right. Would quite you frankly? I think what happened was, hey, coach, would you consider rotating quarterbacks? Yes. Yeah. Oh, he was going to rotate his quarterback. Yeah. No, he's not. Belichick's <laughs> been around the game a long time, and I'm sure he's heard the axiom that if you have multiple quarterbacks, you don't have one. No, Cam's going to be yeah. the guy. Uh, Tom Brady got the day off today in uh, Tampa Bay. He was in a hoodie on Friday instead of a helmet. One of few a few veterans with the scheduled day off. Chris Godwin, Levante David, Jason Pierre-Paul, Pierre Paul, and Rob Gronkowski also were sidelined for the day. I don't know how you consider Godwin necessarily a veteran, but mm, okay, he's good. Uh, they did cart a receiver John Franklin off with an apparent left leg injury. Um, he's going to undergo an MRI. Not somebody who's yeah, so I'm not even familiar with his work. Um, we talked about uh, Denver Broncos linebacker Todd Davis yesterday. He's yeah. expected to miss two to three weeks with the calf injury suffered uh, in practice. Um, so Bronco- probably might not be there for the Steelers game. There's Possible. potential there. There's right, right. potential there for that. Uh, the Broncos received some more optimistic news on Von Miller, who has an elbow. Melvin Gordon with ribs. They're both considered day to day. Okay. Um, Todd Davis is interesting to me just because Fangio's defense. A very high percentage of the of the time, he has two linebackers on the yes. field, and he asks a lot of them. That's why they drafted Roquan Smith so high, you know, in the Bears. And so, um, Davis isn't a great player, but it's an important position in that defense. Yeah, and they assumingly don't have uh, anybody who's up to his talent level. Yeah, Otherwise, right. I mean, they would be starting guy. over top of him. He's their second best guy. Yeah. yeah. Um. Free agent linebacker Trey Crawford, who was released by the Broncos in July, has been suspended for the first five games of the 2020 season. I don't know who he is either. I don't know who he is either, but I think there was a lot. Uh, Josh Morrow from the Jaguars, who mm. was in the camp with the Steelers for a yeah, couple right. of years, uh, was also suspended for the first five games of the year for substance abuse. Okay. For so PEDs. PEDs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I assume that uh, Craig, Trey Crawford uh, had something along those lines as well. Maybe that's this the must end have been Mr. Crawford's PED career. Day. Yeah. PED Day, yeah. Maybe they're coming down with them all. Not to that. be confused with D-Day. <laughs> I was born on D-Day. Were you? Yeah. Not the Several actual. years later. <laughs> I was going to say, not, not the actual one. You're, you're right. a little too young for yeah. that. 6'6". Six, six. Um, Receiver Nikhil Harry missed his third straight day of work with the We uh, talked Patriots. about that yesterday. Yeah. That's a little worrisome. And uh, Stephon Gilmore also sat out today for the Patriots as well. Okay. Um, so they got some issues there. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, A.J. Green with the hamstring, Sean Williams with the calf, uh, did not participate in Friday's scrimmage for the Bengals. I do think John Ross came back to the team, though. Okay. So, I mean, it's something a little bit noteworthy with them. Uh, Melvin Ingram returned to practice Thursday for the Chargers. Uh, according to uh, Mike Garofalo of the MFL Network, Ingram signed an adjusted contract prior to his return that guarantees his 2020 salary. Oh, really? Um, I guess they threw him a bone. They threw him a bone. They guaranteed that they weren't going to cut him. No, sure. You know. uh, but huh. all, that does guarantee, I guess, the fact that you know if if, uh, if he does get hurt, he gets that money. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But you know, as we as we saw with, uh, did you find it kind of odd that he was? At camp, but not practicing. Like, how does that conversation go? Like, all right, time to suit up. How do you up. look your teammates uh, in the face? Right, right, right. You guys eye. all go out there. I'm not going to. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm here take, all day. I'm taking the day off. I'm, right. But you got a contract. Yeah, but I'm taking the day yeah, off. Yeah, but I'm, I'm making a statement. I got a, I got a hangnail. Hmm. wonder if that'll be on Hard Knocks next week. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Lynn said Friday the cornerback Chris Harris is experiencing some soreness in his legs, which could, which could be cramping, and the team is being very careful with him, and he'll continue to be limited in practice. Okay. I mean, uh, he's a player. One of their big signings. Yeah. He's getting up in age. He's 31 he now. He is, right. Yeah. I'm not sure that his, his best days might be behind him, but I think he's – Yet another brand name Chargers defensive player. They He's one of the reasons why right? people are looking at that Chargers defense and, and saying, "Well, this could be a pretty good defense." I and think it will too. You've added it to, you know, you've added a pretty mm-hmm. good cornerback to the equation, um, which was already a good. It was defense. already a good secondary, yeah. right? Derwin's back. I mean, they got a lot of guys. Um, Miami Dolphins quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick did not practice on Friday due to personal reasons. Um, maybe that personal reason was, hey. We we went to like Tua to get all Let's the snaps today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a full day. You for take himself. the day off. Yeah, uh, I'm sure he'll be the opening day starter. How about this one? The Arizona Cardinals signed cornerback B.W. Webb to a one-year contract. Of course, a former Steeler, B.W. Webb, who mm-hmm. was with the Bengals last year and was awful. Yeah, I was the Bengals was, ass last year. Good. They also worked out Drake Kirkpatrick, another really? former Bengal, on the on Friday. Uh, that, according to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. When okay. you're collecting former Bengals cornerbacks, yeah, yeah, that's not a good idea. Uh, okay, we got Patrick Peterson on this side. Who do you think they're going to throw at? <laughs> right, right. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's his face? Murphy, I think, had a chance to be decent. Their second-round pick last year. But that defense in general, I mean, a lot of people... Uh, Webb played in a slot last year. He's for, more of a slot, yeah, I think. In, but in he's Cincinnati, not right. if they're still looking for a slot guy, that's mm-hmm. an important position. It is. And I know people are gung-ho about the Cardinals and... Obviously, from where they were when they drafted Kyler Murray, they've come light years. But, but they've I got holes. They have holes. Yeah. I mean, the defense has could use several five holes. New starters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, right. The O line is not complete. You know, like I could see a team getting better this year, but uh, I really think they're a long. Like shot I don't know. I don't think they'll be picking in the top ten this year, and that's a win. But I don't think they're going to be picking in the twenties either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, if they get to eight and eight, I'd be impressed. Uh, speaking of the Cardinals. Uh, receiver Christian Kirk, who missed practice Thursday, returned on Friday, and for the first time, he, Larry Fitzgerald, and DeAndre Hopkins were in pads in practice on wow. the field. First time they've all been together. Yeah, I mean, obviously they they stress that position. They've been putting a lot of resources there. I like Keem Butler. I didn't like Andy Isabella, but I mean, of those they've five, used, I mean, that's five right. You know, guys. You know, right. And it's not Larry a, ain't what he used to be, but he can still get it done. Yeah. Um, Zach Ertz is dealing with a, a uh, injury. He's on Philadelphia's injury report uh, with an upper body injury. The Eagles playing it very. Were they the team that was all upper body, lower body, upper body? That I is them. That yes. Was them, yeah. Uh, they also were missing today. He's day to day. Deontay Burnett illness. Razul Douglas illness. Sharif Miller illness. Jalen Rager illness. Hmm. They get something going around going in that. On, yeah. uh, you, you hope that it's not COVID, right? I mean, um, everyone. Otherwise, I guess that, that, that sure. would be, I guess, something that they would talk about. Yeah, They'd I think have that to would be clear. That maybe on the list and all that. So. Uh, and uh, Marcus Epps, uh, lower body day to day, also are on the injury list. At least they're putting out an injury list, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just something. Um, all in all, though, the NFL's been pretty healthy. This is uh, this is a, not a good one though for them. Uh, Tom Pelissaro uh, reported that Friday. Uh, Dallas Goddard suffered a hairline fracture in one of his thumbs uh, this yeah, week and, and uh, could be in a splint next week. Yeah. Again, it's a thumb. It's kind of important. For catching the ball kind of and, a big and blocking deal. and whatnot. Yeah, especially for a tight end. Like, especially for a tight end. It's if a it's a receiver, position. you can kind of 
fudge that a little bit. And, right. You know, and if you don't kind of half-ass it and yeah. one, one arm blocks and things like that. It, Tight you know. end can't get away with a, without a you know with a hairline mm-hmm. fracture in his thumb could be. I'm surprised it's only a week or so. I mean, I would think that would be a problem going into the season. Yeah, it'd be something you. I think you'd want to be very careful with. Maybe mm-hmm. you shut him down for the rest of the. Training I mean, camp they led the league in double tight end sets. Yeah, and for a reason. Those right, guys right. are both He's a really good. good player, yeah. right? uh, Tyreek Hill. Um, Andy Reid expressed, com- expressed confidence that uh, Tyreek Hill will be okay. Uh, he says it's a minor hamstring injury. It's not a big tear or anything like that. Um, he said he expects uh, Tyreek Hill to return to practice in a few days. Good. I mean, you don't want the stars to be out, and obviously he's very important. Casey's got a couple hits against him so far. But, so. boy, if you're doing your fantasy drafts right around now, you're going, yay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you drop him down a couple of spots. There's so many guys like that that are going to have something, and you're just not going to know. Yeah. Uh, Akeem Hicks with a quad injury. Linebacker Josh Woods with a groin were sidelined at Friday's practice for the Bears. Uh, they placed uh, tight end Darian Clark, one of – uh, 17 tight ends on yeah. the Chicago roster uh, on injured reserve. Okay. Then he was probably a long shot to make the team anyway. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo Bills uh, coach Sean McDermott told uh, reporters on Friday that cornerback Josh Norman injured his hamstring on Thursday, the severity of which is unknown at this point. Hmm. Um, he added the defensive end Ed Oliver will return to practice, but with limitations. Okay. Uh, that's not a good Norman's sign. Norman's one to monitor. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, they they still have their starters from last year, and but he was coming in to compete with the spot opposite White and presumably take it. Um, I don't think he's a great player anymore, but he fits that system. They have Carolina roots together. At least he's know. a guy that's done it. You know. Yeah, right. That's right, right. the that's the big thing. But he didn't move great to begin with. If he had, did a hammy, we talked. Yeah, help. yeah, we talked about this one yesterday. The uh, Cleveland Browns worked out four kickers: Nick Folk, Matt McCrane, who was with the Steelers, Kai Forbath, and Cody Parkey. But no immediate signing is expected, according to Ian Rappaport. Um, I guess just kicking the tires on these guys just guess, in case. Yeah, keeping them keeping them on speed dial probably. Yeah. Um, looking here. Oh, the Minnesota Vikings hosted safety George Ioka for a workout. Ioka hmm. spent the 2018 season with the Vikings, obviously a very similar defense to what he played in Cincinnati. Yeah, so I think Zimmer had him in yeah. Cincinnati too, and there's a connection there and familiarity and yeah. all those. Yeah, I mean, he's – that kind of signing this time of year, kind of like what the Steelers are making. Like, let's bring one yeah. more veteran in. Yeah, and Curtis Riley, with yeah. that, you know, you bring in a veteran guy like that, and you probably do so thinking he's going to upgrade you at the backup position. And right. Ioka's a guy that's played a lot of snaps in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of shocks me he hasn't that he was out there. I didn't realize that. Um, Washington uh, signed a guy to their offensive line guard, Josh Nar- Garnett, and uh, tackled David Steinmetz. That name rings a bell. I've seen I the draft uh, last the team Garnett also, was a first-round pick. Yeah. Um, the team also waived injured tight end Thaddeus Moss, a guy who was very high oh, on yeah, the Steeler yeah. fans' wish list. Well, he's available now. Randy's son. A couple yeah. of weeks uh, once he heals up. Uh, he, uh, According to uh, Julie Donaldson, uh, he's a procedural uh, thing. If he clears waivers, uh, the undrafted rookie will be added to injured reserve. Moss okay. is still recovering from surgery on a broken foot. So that broken foot that he suffered around the com- combine last year is still not – so completely healed. He's probably not going to play this. I mean, it's a red yeah. shirt year for him. It is a red shirt year. Boy, for him. their tight end's bad. Yeah, I mean, when when you you know you got rid of Jordan Reed and he's you know he might be the best guy that yeah that was on might, your roster this year. I was after where not I was saying play. it, but the tight ends in Washington might be the worst position group in the league. I believe he did say that here. <laughs> okay, yeah. I know who I was talking about. And they've got some bad much. position groups in Washington, and that one's yeah. might be the worst. Yeah, but that would sure be helpful for Haskins too, like. If they could add a, a guy, and that would be on my wish list for a, a quarterback like him. 
you know, add somebody you can trust in the middle of the field. I'll tell you what, I, I kind of like the guys that the Steelers have at tight end this year in camp. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think we've, we've talked about Kevin Rader here on this show a lot, or at least on our show a lot, as a guy that caught my eye last year in camp. Yeah. Um, you know, I've liked what I've seen from some of the other guys, and obviously you got Ebron and, and McDonald at the top of your depth chart. It's not a bad group. Do you think Gentry has a chance to get cut? I think there's some potential. I mean, I don't know that they're going to cut any of those guys unless mm-hmm. they're going to doing so with the idea of putting them on, on the on the practice squad. On the practice yeah, squad. Yeah, yeah. But I like what I you know before he got hurt. I liked what I'd seen of Dax Raymond. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some there's something there with him. Uh, as I mentioned, Raiders not bad. They've only got five in camp, so they'll probably keep five. They're probably going to keep under the, the some sort of roster. Yeah, right? I mean they, those guys. You know, they play special teams. They do yeah. all kinds of stuff for you. So yeah, I'd like to keep Raymond around for the. Practice squad too. I mean, I think he might have, some, yeah, has a chance down the road. Yeah, uh, he's a guy with again. I I liked uh, some of the things that I saw from him in that first day uh, mm-hmm. before he got hurt. So, huh. he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll hear from Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin what he thought about today's practice and a couple of other things. We'll get to that right after this. <laughs> I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson and uh, Matt. Uh, we've we've heard from a lot of different players, coaches, the whole deal week all week long. It's been yeah. a great week for that. Um, Mike Tomlin has spoken every day this week that the Steelers have practiced as he has wanted to do mm-hmm. during training camp. So we're getting an opportunity to kind of get him get some different subjects going there, <laughs> uh, other than just hey, how did this group look or that group look? And sure. and so. Um, but it's been that, interesting, right? yeah. yeah. It's been interesting. Our Steelers training camp media availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, let's hear what Mike Tomlin had to say after today's practice on Friday. Good afternoon. Uh, first, on the injury front, we had a couple of guys that, that missed today's work, uh, new guys with, with minor ailments that could be described as day-to-day. Uh, that's Deontay Johnson and, and T. Evans. Uh, hopefully those guys will get back to us really soon. Again, it could be described as day-to-day. On a positive note, uh, a couple of guys are continuing to work their way back to full participation. Chris Wormley uh, was very active today from a participation standpoint, uh, as was James Washington. Good to have those guys back out there. Another good spirit today. I like the energy coming off an off day. It's one of the points that we made this morning. Um, they're going to be prescribed off days or rest days. We can't waste time uh, transitioning. we got to get back on the ride and continue to push forward. I thought they did that in spirit. Uh, we're still growing in terms of detail assignments and techniques, but, you know, we're, we are where we are in the process. I like the general trajectory of the group uh, and the competitive spirit. We continue to put them in competitive situations. We did a variety of things today, uh, two-minute and some open grass backs on linebacker tackling. Uh, was kind of a featured competition driller today, just really uh, working on good fundamental things, battles that need to be fought and won on both sides, and the best way to do it is to practice Steelers versus Steelers in that way. Questions? All right, just a reminder, uh, on the uh, Zoom call, raise your hand if you would like to potentially ask a question. First one goes to Brian Batko. Brian, go ahead. 
Hey, Mike, a uh, couple guys that we haven't asked you about yet. Um, veterans that you signed right at the start of camp, Wendell Smallwood and, and Curtis Riley. What made you guys want to bring in players with a significant amount of experience at those spots? And, and what have you seen from those two so far as they get acclimated? We, we, more than anything, we were interested in increasing the level of competition in this environment. And, and the way that you do that is you, you bring as many capable men in as you can. Both of the guys that you men, mentioned have credible NFL resumes, uh, and they've proven that thus far. Uh, they got a veteran-like look to them, and both are being positive contributors to the, to the days that we're having. So we look forward to continuing to get to know them and, and looking at ways that they can maybe carve out a niche for themselves within, within what we're doing here. Next one, Dale Wally. Dale, go ahead. Hey, Mike, uh, the uh, competition committee uh, put forth a, a presentation that perhaps the uh, league will do the playoffs in a bubble uh, this year. Uh, just wanted to get your feelings about that, and do you think that that will be something that, that uh, the league seriously considers? I'm definitely not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to anything that's going to aid us through this process. It's just we've got so many battles to fight between now and then. I think it's kind of fruitless to, to – to, to engage in that type of discussion from an opinion standpoint. Uh, we got more pressing challenges that lie ahead, like traveling in week one, um, that probably need our attention. Next one, Chris Adamski from the Trib. Chris, go ahead. Mike, two things real quick. You come on. Uh, first off, your new receiver, Ray Ray, what did you see in him to bring him in? And secondly, your certs has cleaning ambassador. Is there anything to that, or is that just a uh, – Sure. Uh, first things first regarding Ray, like we mentioned about the other two guys, Ray Ray is a guy with credible NFL playing experience, and our desire is to have the most competitive environment that we can have here. And so infusing a guy like that with a legitimate resume into the mix, I think, aids us in that. We'll get to know him and see what he brings to the table in terms of his skills relative to his position. Um, in regards to the, to the shirt, you know, we just have some really quality service people around here that are working their tails off to keep us safe. And I just want to show uh, my appreciation for the work that they do uh, by, by wearing their uniform and encouraging guys to pause and to be thankful for the services provided and hopefully brighten their day if given an opportunity. So, um, you know, we just, we just need to be conscious of the contributions of everyone. Uh, it takes everyone within our organization to put together a successful day and, and thus a successful season. And, and so we just wanted that on the front of our consciousness today and wearing the shirt as a means of, of doing that. Next up, Mike Pursuta from WDBE. Mike, go ahead. Mike, you mentioned the open grass period is you had, Connor going against Bush a couple times. Is there something you can do practice etiquette-wise to minimize the risk, or is some of that just going to be the cost of doing business? You know, there's, there's risk in playing tackle football, and, 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 and we play tackle football. So you have to practice like you play to a degree. Now, we're thoughtful about the amount of it. We're thoughtful about how we construct the scenarios. But the bottom line is we will tackle in some form or fashion every day that we have full equipment on and we will not apologize for that. Uh, that is the nature of our game. Will Graves, Associated Press. Will, go ahead. Mike, you talk a lot about guys making the jump between your one and your two. We had Devin on earlier today. He talked about how the game has slowed down for him. 
Do you see that manifesting itself in the early portions, early days of practice? Did this, he appear in some ways to have taken that step forward that you guys look for? You know, I'm looking for that step to be revealed in, in the quality and the amount of his communication. And he still has room for improvement in that regard. He's better than he was. Uh, but as a, as a defensive quarterback, if you will, I'm really looking for significant maturation in that area. He's checking all the other boxes. You know, he came in great shape, shape that it indicates he has an understanding of the challenges that lies ahead. Uh, the experience that he gained last year is going to be an asset to him moving forward. But I'm particularly looking for dramatic improvements from a communication standpoint because it comes with the nature of his position. Chris Adamski with a follow-up. Chris, go ahead. Mike Tom, um, Surratt said that it, the competition for right tackle go all the way down to week one, that practice, if it comes down to it. Considering there's no preseason games, is that more likely now? Or how do you evaluate, you evaluate in each day's tape and practice? How do you kind of evaluate guys when there's no games to go off of? You know, we'll, we'll go until we get definitive clarity. And uh, we got two really good, capable men there, guys that are not new to us and, and new to the challenge. Um, so we're excited about watching those guys sort themselves out and, we're looking for as many ways as we can to create an atmosphere where they can definitively separate themselves. And we'll get, when we get to that spot, we'll know it. Uh, but until then, we'll continue to work to create opportunities for themselves, for them to distinguish themselves. All right. Thanks, Coach. That was Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin earlier today uh, talking about uh, Friday's practice a lot and uh, yeah. some of the things that he saw there. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, Mike Tomlin's pretty pleased with the first week of uh, Steelers practices. I mean, I expected a lot of positive news, but it's been a little better than that. The the feel I've gotten secondhand, obviously. Yeah. You know. I'll say this, you know, if, if Tomlin didn't think that things were going well, mm -hmm. I think he's – He's talked about that before in the past. Like if things, if he thought they had a bad practice, he'll say they had a bad practice. He'll flat out call them out. Yeah. Right? So I, I think the fact that he's been happy with what he's seen thus far is a good sign. Yeah, and I do. Th uh, some of the guys that you guys have mentioned, you know, on and off the air, that uh, are the names you want to hear that they're right. standing out to, which I think is encouraging, big picture. So uh, keep it up. Yeah. We're going to keep it up uh, for another segment here, but we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. When we come back, we're going to hear about that uh, Sean Surrett interview. We're going to hear from yes. Sean Surrett, uh, the interview that we did earlier today. He, uh, again, spoke to the media. We referenced it earlier in the show, and we were talking to Mike Persuda. We'll get to that right after this. Steelers Training Camp Media Availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, uh, Matt, we don't get to talk to uh, to Steelers offensive line coach uh, Sean Surrett all that often. Um, you know, this, this sure. being the time of year where you would get a chance to talk to the offensive line coach a little bit more. Uh, but I thought he had some interesting things to say today about his guys when uh, we talked to him. Yeah, and I think it's a really encouraging unit, too. I mean, uh, we've we've talked a lot of big picture stuff with the O line, and I'm feeling a little bit better that their problems are probably easier to solve than you think. You know what I mean? I know some guys' contracts are up, but I don't know that some of them are going to break the bank, and um, they're in pretty good shape. They always handle that well. Yeah, they seem to have an eye on that and an eye for the talent on the offensive line. 
let's hear what Sean Surrett had to say earlier today. And just like last time, raise your hand if you have a question for him. And we're going to get started this time with Mark Cavalli. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Um, good, how are you? Pretty good. Uh, my question is, um, last year um, with Munch gone, did they ask you a lot to be involved in the game plan, maybe the run game coordinator stuff? And um, is it was it if you did, was it difficult being a guy in the position for the first year to feel comfortable enough to step up, step out and say something that you would like to see in there? You know, uh, that's a good question. You know, as, as a whole, we, we, we work on that game plan together as a whole. You know, it's just not just the Coach Randy or or even the tight ends or whatever. It's all of us. And uh, we, 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 we go into a room and we, we formulate a plan and we, we stick to that plan. And as for me being a first-year guy, yeah, you're going to have those jitters and stuff and things like that. But, you know, it's just those things you're going to work yourself through. And, you know, you get more comfortable as the, as, as the games progress, you know, and getting comfortable. You know, I was already comfortable with the guys per se, but, you know, just the, the game planning part probably a little bit, yeah. Will Graves? Hey, Sean, just curious, was last year tough to evaluate because of the challenges you faced at the quarterback position where defenses – obviously are not going to try to defend those two guys the way they would have defended seven. I mean, DeCastro was on with us, you know, a couple weeks ago and said that last year just sucked. That was his assessment. But did it make it a tough to get a read on what you guys could and couldn't do just because of the unique circumstances? Um, yeah, I mean, but we can play that role, man. I mean, we can sit here and say that kind of stuff. But, you know, Coach T, you know, he's got that philosophy, next man up, you know, and we can't buy into that. It's just one of those deals, you know. we got to go out and compete every week and, you know, stick to the plan that we have at hand and, and, and go try to win a game, you know. And, that, and that's what we tried to do week in and week out last year. I think all these guys had their hand in the pile and they were fighting every week, you know, and, I, and that's what I appreciate them for doing that. You know, it's just one of those deals. But it's next man up, man. we got we got to win a game. So that's kind of how we, we looked at it. Tim Benz. No, it seemed like uh, in the offseason, the team did a nice job uh, preparing itself for Ramon's loss by signing Wisniewski and drafting Dotson, but the decision was still made to move Matt over to guard anyway. Can you explain uh, why that decision was done in the manner that it was and um, what you think of the process of uh, developing Banner and Shooks in the right tackle spot? Well, a lot of it had to do with the, the timing of it too. You know, you know, we're in a we were in a pandemic in the spring. We lost our whole spring, you know. And um, when it comes to that time, the evaluation period kind of gets cut in half, you know. And, and we, you know, I lost you know whatever many practices able to see guys, even maybe even uh, anchor at right or maybe at Dotson at, at left guard and so forth. So it's just one of those deals. Where, you know, the time got cut. So, and I had seen Anchor go in there play guard at a game last year. I've seen Chooks play tackle. I've seen Banner play tackle. So we went into this idea, you know, we, we got to evaluate. We're going to evaluate fast. So we're going to start there and then make our evaluation from there. Um, and, and both those guys outside have done a good job. Anchor's done a great job, you know, moving. That's one thing I'll, I'll, I'll credit at Anchor. He, he, you know, he played a high level at tackle last year, and he didn't bat an eye when we asked him to move inside. He, he's ready to go, and we, we appreciate that. Dale Lolly? Yeah, Sean, um, just wondering, in terms of you've got three weeks – before you have to go play a game for real, 
what kind of timeline do you have on making a decision at that right tackle position of, of who the uh, starter is going to be? And how much is that process kind of retarded a little bit by the fact that you don't have uh, any preseason games to look at? Well, you just said it right there. You know, the evaluation has to be fast, but I'm also – I'm not in a hurry about it. You know, that could be a, a deal where I'm going to let them compete all the way up to – even in the week of practice, you know. Um, I'm not going to make that decision right now or kind of be forced into it. You know, the, the, you know they're out there competing every day. They're, they're flopping positions. They're, got, they're playing big tight end. They're playing – the, the regular tackle spot they're doing they're doing all the stuff we've done in the past here and it's just it's something I, I know I still got time with it a little bit you know because you know that like you said we don't play till next month so there's no no reason to rush that situation for those two just let them continue to compete at a high level that they're doing at practice and just kind of sit back and let it let it work itself out no strapping hey Sean sticking with the right tackle competition um, have you seen anything from Zach or Chooks? I know it's early um, and you do have a while, but have you seen anything from either of them that kind of give them the upper hand? I'll, I'll say this about both those guys, you know, and we sat there in a pandemic and we virtually met all spring. And, you know, I was harping on all the guys, just not those two about being in great shape. And, I'll, you know, I'll commend both those guys. Both those guys came in in the best shape of their lives that I've seen them since I've been here. And, um, I, you know, I commend them both. And they're both, you know, they, they know what they're, what they're practicing for every day. They're just not going out to practice. They're going out competing for a job every rep every drill, every walkthrough, that's meaningful to those guys. And they've done a great job with it, you know, and I just continue to get the same effort and we'll make that decision when it comes game week. Mr. Damsky. Hey, Sean, you've been, this is your ninth training camp. I can't even imagine how many um, like undrafted or, or waiver guys that you've seen. Do you remember Matt coming in and was there anything that either stood out at the beginning that he said, hey, you know, of all the guys that come through like this, he, he has a shot to be a, an NFL starter, or did he kind of work his way into it and kind of develop into that over the years? Yeah, when Matt came in, he was um, – we, we looked at him, you know, when, when we first saw him, you know, we, we thought for sure that, you know, he was a big, strong guy. So we thought maybe inside to start him. And then as he progressed over the next couple of, you know, years or whatever, you could see his body changing. And, you know, you could commend our weight room guys with that, man. They were, they completely transformed that guy's body. And he's done a great job at with his nutrition and everything else. And you could tell, like, he leaned up. He looks good, you know. And um, he went out and competed at a right tackle spot for us for a couple of games, you know. I think it was in preseason and so forth. And we're like, oh, dang, this guy can do it now. This guy's got the athletic ability to set out there right back on play and, do that but that's another thing to him man I mean he can go in and he can play multiple positions it gives our room flexibility you know so if a guy needs a, maybe a day off or whatever he can step into another position if needed Mike Prezuda Sean when you moved Matt last year uh, was that master plan throwing something at the wall something in between uh, how did you arrive at that decision collectively and how much of what you saw influenced him playing there now? Well, we were going to that game week, and as you know, we were playing the Rams, who has one of the best D linemen in the NFL uh, inside in Aaron Donald. And, um, you know, I thought to myself, my, what, you know, my, my job is to put the best five out there. And, and that week, that was the best five. 
now I come in anchored to uh, for what he did against you know Aaron and stuff and so forth. You know he played hard and there were situations where he had a bunch of one on ones against the guy and he you know he performed well. So that's that's another thing. I mean, you're sitting here, you know, your evaluation gets cut and you're sitting here and you're like, well, what do you what, what, what who are the best five? Well, I know Anchor can do that. He can go inside and play guard at a high level. I know he can go out the right tackle, play a high level. All right, well, who's the next guy up? And that's that's where we're at right now. We're finding that next piece, you know, to set our line for the year. Great. This is the last question we have time for today. Brian Batko. Hey, Sean. Um, signing the veteran this offseason and, and Stefan Wisniewski, I mean, I won't even – ask you general impressions of him because I think everybody in football would probably say he's smart and a professional and, and all that stuff but how is he balancing I guess the willingness to kind of do whatever you guys ask him to do learn multiple spots versus competing to try to start because uh, that's what he's done for most of his career yeah you know you just said it right there Wiz is a, is a true professional you know and I could tell that since day one in the virtual meetings and then once I met him in person here at camp and we got in the room. I could tell. Wow, this no wonder this guy's done it as long as he has. You know, he, he he's done a great job in the room. He's he's helping the young guys along. Then you go out to the field. He you know he's, he he can play multiple positions too. You know, he's playing both guard spot. He's playing center spot. You know, and he and he has batted an eye. You know, he goes out there and compete. And just like you said, he's competing for a job too. You know, it's just one of those deals. You know, at the you know he can go out there and he compete if he if he's at a high level and we feel comfortable with him, we'll we'll put him in there at guard. And, and you. Oh, and that's just one of those deals. All right, everybody, thank you. And we will talk to you again after practice with Coach. Matt, that was Steelers uh, offensive line coach Sean Surrett earlier today with the media. Uh, again, lots of good stuff there. Yeah, lots that's of, right. Uh, clarify, uh, adding a little bit of clarity on on you know some of the performances that he's seen from his guys uh, thus far in this camp. And well, uh, we'll see how uh, that that whole thing kind of rounds into shape as this whole thing continues. But as he said, he's in – he needs to decide it quickly but not too quickly what yeah. happens at right tackle. And, you know, obviously it's such strange times. You don't get a chance to – we talked about this even yesterday. Hey, Zach, you're running with the ones game two. Chooks, you get it the next day. You're like, you know, you I don't do think it's going to matter because they're both going to play a lot, as we saw right. last year. I mean, they're gonna, they're still going to use those guys. Whoever doesn't win that job is going to be used as a sixth – Oh, I think quite a bit. I, I think, think they get used to that. I think they've found something they like there with that. Yeah. I mean, it's been two years in a row now that they've been right near the top of the league in six offensive line usage. Yeah. It's been a couple years now that we've been right at the top of the uh, league in best Boy, show, bro, best show available. Right? <laughs> uh, but uh, it's come to an end. He is uh, Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. We want to thank Mike Persuda for joining us in the first hour of the show. We want to thank Wes for spinning the tunes. If you didn't guess today's... Uh, theme. It is all about Fridays and the weekend. Um, but that is the uh, that's the show for today. This was the training camp report on Steelers Nation Radio.